0: real commitment that we made over the last year
1: yeah i'm glad you made that point point. and for us we made this commitment because it's important appalachia meets world a podcast about place and perspective but always
0: appalachian and don't forget will tonight's episode is powered by
1: soar shaping our appalachian region if you're a entrepreneur out there especially in eastern kentucky check them out Appalachia Meets World, it's Will and Neil. What up, man? Hey, we are celebrating this episode. This is a special episode.
0: Yes, it is.
1: You think our listeners know why? Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. They could look at the numbers, (laughs) episode numbers.
0: I think there only might be a small population that knows why. Yeah, but it would be very small, like less than five, maybe less than three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Possibly, but you want to tell them what today is?
0: Today is our one-year anniversary of doing this podcast. For the last year, Will and I have joined you weekly with episodes of a wide variety of stuff going on inside, outside, and all around the world a little bit, but mostly in Appalachia. It's our one-year anniversary.
1: Can you believe it? Who would have thought? One year after we released that first episode... We actually released it on the exact date of today, May 20th.
0: Mm -hmm. May 20th. Our first episode was just while we're doing the podcast and all about what the podcast is. And then we opened up with Ashley Maiden from the Mountain Laurel Festival, who will be on again with us next week live from this year's the 2022 Mountain Laurel Festival.
1: Which is obviously special to us and something that we're going to be doing again next week, live, a year later.
0: We're looking forward to that. We kicked off this thing talking about life in small towns, and every small town, especially in eastern Kentucky and Appalachia, has a festival of some sort, the Mountain Laurel being our favorite. That's kind of how we started things. Uh, Will and I did many episodes over the course of the last year, just to kind of give you a recap. 54 episodes, starting in the beginning, just kind of, giving a shout out of why we wanted to do a podcast, going into to talking about where we're from. Then we started talking about small town celebrations with uh, the Kentucky Mountain Laurel Festival. We talked about high school sports in a small town where we interviewed a legendary high school football coach in the state of Kentucky, as well as Richie Riley, who was a Uh, Big time basketball player, now the head coach at South Alabama, talking about Appalachians that make it big time. We've talked about the salamander capital of the world. We did an episode on when opportunity knocks, how you handle it. We talked about our good friend Yancey Burns, the documentary filmmaker that's a farmer and a, a film producer over in West Virginia. We did an episode on entrepreneurship in Appalachia. We did actually a three-part episode all about entrepreneurship. Interviewed different people. We talked about the big sandy backroads. Uh, Gary Wayne Cox. We've interviewed the guys from Coalfield Development. We interviewed Dr. Chad Berry to talk about Appalachian Studies, professor at Berea College. We we interviewed another former professor at Berea College, William. Bill Turner, who just wrote a book called *The Harlan Renaissance*. We talked about the Appalachian Impact Fund. We interviewed the folks from Blair Mountain, from over at the the Battle of Blair Mountain Centennial. We did a series about food and interviewed Melissa Booth. We talk about makers on our on our podcast all the time—people that are doers and makers—and in the food world, the folks at JQ Dickinson Saltworks, Nancy Brunes. We talked about the greatest country hams in the history of the world. We had the king of country ham, Alan Benton, on one of our episodes. We ended our food series by talking to the Kentucky Department of Agriculture Commissioner, Ryan Quirles. We did an episode where we interviewed the folks from Kentucky Highlands Investment Corp, Sandy Curd, and talked about promise zones. We did an episode with Tom Hansel of After Coal the Appalachian Dictionary, Jennifer Heinmiller. We also did an episode about geographic discrimination with Professor Will Ree. We did an episode with Will's good buddy, Mike Crowley, who wrote Any Other Place. Of course, had our Halloween episode. Uh, We talked to to another entrepreneur in eastern Kentucky, a good friend of mine, Jamie Mosley, who invented a product and brought it to market. We interviewed a group that's part of Leadership in Appalachia. Episode 27, Shaping Our Appalachian Region, and talked to one of our now sponsors, Colby Hall, the director of SOAR. Of course, my favorite episode, episode 28, was sitting around our our table at Thanksgiving. Uh, That was a special episode for, for you and I. We did a series on music. Ted Olson, John Hallberg, talking about the dulcimer. We interviewed Alex Miller, who was on American Idol. The Christmas episode, of course, where you wrote a poem for us to read. We did a unique interview around the new year with Nimble Will Nomad, who's the oldest person ever to hike the Appalachian Trail. The Muscle Shoals Sound, country artist Cody Howard, who's an up-and-coming star out of Harlan, Kentucky. We did an interview with another entrepreneur, Kyle Wilson, about his company, Boom Beans. Elaine McMillian Sheldon on, award-winning documentary filmmaker, opioid epidemic in Appalachia with Dr. April Young. We did an episode about Disney, a former executive from Disney on, to talk about why they need to bring back their movie that they, that they produced about Appalachia. We had Heather Parody on to talk about uh, NFTs and just exactly what NFTs are. We talked about NFT landscapes with David Johnston. We were live from the Soar Summit and had Brandy Clark and Eric Hubbard. We talked to Amanda Brinkman in day two of the Soar Summit. We talked about App Harvest and we had Ramil Smooth Bradley on one of our episodes. The history of ginseng and we had doctor Luke Manje on. We recently had on Austin Caperton who's doing Appalachian salmon in West Virginia rfd tv creator patrick gauche on recently we had kentucky wildlands representatives tammy nazaro and farrah dobbs on with the appalachian regional commission co-chair gail mansion on a couple weeks ago and then just recently we had we did an episode about the action program with dr nathan vanderford cancer research program as you can tell will we've done a variety a wide variety of episodes and I just hope that you guys will take a moment and, and listen to a few that we've recorded over the last year. It's been a lot of work and a lot of fun
1: and we've certainly learned a lot. So Neil, what did you expect when we sent when we broadcast that first episode?
0: Honestly, Will, I expected nobody to listen.
1: I mean, <laughs> I expected that it
0: would be not even uh, you you and I putting our voice out there on the web and nobody hearing it. But To our surprise, it was uh, very popular.
1: Yeah. You know, I didn't know where it would go, what it would do. You know, we made a commitment that we would put out an episode a week, which is what we've done. And we've grown a listener base and we appreciate that listener base over this past year. It's really grown into a lot more than either of us expected.
0: And for those of you that have never done anything like this, coming up with content on a weekly basis, I can't imagine those people that do it daily. Of course, they do it full time. But coming up with content on a weekly basis and having to fit it in your schedule, you're talking about two guys that are extremely busy. And I know everybody's busy, but work a full time job, raise three kids, go to extracurricular activities and then time find time to podcast. It's a real commitment that we made over the last year.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you made that point. And for us, we made this commitment because it's important. It's important. For those people that are on our platform, it's important for us because we're passionate about where we're from to let those voices be heard, you know, that might not otherwise have been heard. And to just like we always say, dispel some of the misconceptions and gas up Appalachia.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite thing about it. And it is important so that people learn and and understand what's going on, because we try to find interesting things that uh, people can learn from and also enjoy hearing about. So hopefully through our many episodes, you know, I think about our our episode when we had the guy that does the, the trail rides in Eastern Kentucky. I mean, take a weekend and go do that or, you know, get on and listen to all the wonderful things going on from an entrepreneur standpoint throughout Appalachia. There's many episodes surrounding entrepreneurship and starting business and doing good throughout Appalachia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we focus on some of the challenges. We focus on the issues for sure. But, you know, we try to stay positive. One thing we want people to take from our episodes is action. And I'm excited. I'm excited for what's ahead, Neil. I I know we're going to change a few things in regards to the episode. It might take us a few weeks to do that. when you start hearing some new episodes, we'll have some new segments. But I'm excited to what we have going forward. And we'll get into more detail in the next few weeks. Yeah, we wanted to use this anniversary episode. We got contacted, uh, it's been several months ago now, Neil, isn't that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I believe so.
1: We got contacted by a professor from Sanford University who reached out to us. He wanted to interview us on some research that he was doing. He's a professor in the Department of Communications and Media at Sanford University, and he interviewed us to it really dives into who we are and why we actually do this podcast. And we just wanted to put it on the tail end of this episode to let you guys to hear just the genuine response from us in regards to why we do the podcast, why it's important for us and why it's important, we think, for Appalachia.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad you told the story about it instead of just throwing it at them because uh, I really think our listeners will be interested in this. I mean, it's kind of, like you said, from our perspective and why anybody wanted to do research on us is kind of beyond me, but it was pretty cool and uh, pretty neat for us to participate in. And I think think you guys will enjoy it. That's every holiday at our parents' house. I mean, everybody brings an appetizer. There's a whole bar full of appetizers and then we have a meal after that so it's uh it's a kind of a family tradition i guess
1: it's funny you know uh, appalachians are big on oral history if you get if you get to our thanksgiving episode we basically just made it a special episode it's our entire family around the table talking about appalachia and the food and uh it's it's it was pretty special for us but
2: tell me a little bit about how this podcast came to be why'd y'all decide to do this
1: So basically, um,
0: Will and I live, I live in London, Kentucky, Will lives in Cleveland, Ohio, and we both have three kids, we're both super busy, and, you know, we kind of talk to each other sparingly um, over the last few years, really, just because we're so busy, and we thought the podcast would initially be a way for us to talk to each other, basically. Have a scheduled time once a week to sit down and talk to your brother. Because in Will's case, I've always been his hero because I'm his little brother. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, it just made sense for us to dedicate some time to talk to each other. And then it kind of turned into,
1: oh crap, people care what we're saying. That's exactly. It was, in, in the beginning, uh, I kind of, we kind of got on board with each other to connect. But there's been there's been a little there's been a lot brewing, you know, the last several years, especially since the twenty sixteen election. And you know, it's it's always come around Appalachia since the war on poverty in the sixties and Johnson, you know. People see those pictures and then journalists want to parachute in. Well, it happened again. It happens every so often and in twenty sixteen it happened. All these parachute reporters coming in reporting on Appalachia, the Appalachia that they don't really know. And that was another Large part of us wanting to start, um, at least the content behind this podcast was for us to have a voice to tell others about the Appalachia that we know, but also to provide a platform for all the other voices in Appalachia to tell their stories. It's uh, we, we felt like it was important for all the stories of Appalachia to get out there. You know, we we talk about our our podcast being grounded on place and perspective. And what we really try to do is to dispel some of the misconceptions that people have of appalachia and to really celebrate the diversity in appalachia not not a lot of people understand how diverse this region is and along the way you know we have even learned so much from our guests we've been surprised by a lot that they have said and taught us along the way and that's 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 a lot you know we appreciate that a great deal but you know, like I said, we wanted to uh, be a platform for all the voices in Appalachia to celebrate diversity and also the experiences. There are so many that people don't know about the region. There's so much that people don't know about the region that don't live in the region, and and that's another aspect to our podcast. We uh, made it a point to you know, we call it Appalachia meets world for a purpose because we wanted to make a point to venture on some of the episodes, like, like you saw the fair, or the festivals, we went up to Michigan and interviewed a lady, an individual that they have a festival there just to compare it to our region. So we want to get outside the region as well and compare other uh, cultures, other regions to our region. You know, and we found, you know, we've been obviously been outside the region and we've worked all over and we've come to understand that culturally we may be different but our challenges are are uh, largely similar our challenges are largely the same in any region we've been to we, we find that there are a lot more similarities than there are differences and we wanted to utilize this platform to help people understand that as well
2: what makes Appalachia a special place to you wow um I guess just the the sense of of home,
0: that feeling of of being at home, just that that comfort of knowing that I'm home and my family's around, and uh, you know it's just a just a special place. Like Will just mentioned, we've been both of us have been all over the world, really, and um, every time I go somewhere, even if it's a vacation, I, I, I find myself after you know, a brief stint, ready to, to come back home, and uh, you know, Appalachia is home. And this particular area of Appalachia that, that I live in, in particular, it, is home, and it's just always been something that I've never been able to duplicate anywhere else.
2: Will what about you, particularly kind of thinking about it as somebody who's in Cleveland now? Why is Appalachia still meaningful to you?
1: To me, I mean, if you've listened to our first few episodes, you know that I'm, I'm the one that moved after college and uh, have, have, haven't made it back, but it's a special place to me for, I've lived all over. I've lived on the West Coast. I lived on the East Coast. I've lived in Miami, which I call the, the South Coast. Now I've lived on the North Coast. I've lived in the middle. So I've lived all over and I've, I've always, since moving out of Appalachia, I've always searched for that, I don't know if you call it a feeling or just the sentiment that I've had while living in Appalachia or being from Appalachia. And I haven't found that sense of place like I have in Appalachia. We, we've talked about it on a few episodes about uh, a largely uh, a number of places that I've lived. It felt like I've lived in a space and not A place. Uh, um, We were talking to an uh, author not too long ago, and she, you know, suggested, which is true, that when people write about Appalachia, you know, they write about that sense of place. Appalachia is its own character in their books. It has that strong sense of place. And I kind of feel the same way when I'm away from it. I always yearn to be back. And it took me uh, getting away from it to really appreciate that to really understand what Appalachia was to me. Um, so it's that sense of place, but it's also the, the, the strong connection to family, the strong connection to community, and really it comes down to the people of Appalachia. All, you know, all the people that I, I have come in contact with growing up, but all the people that I continue to uh, come in contact with throughout the region, that, that what's, that's kind of what makes it important to me. Mm-hmm. So we'll had to move away to all those different places to realize that. I just yeah, on vacation yeah even, for a few days <laughs> even, <laughs> even the term Appalachian, I, I don't know if I necessarily identified as an Appalachian until I moved away yeah. and then it helped me appreciate it more uh, and definitely made me identify as an Appalachian.
2: Why do you think that was just you kind of don't know what you got till it's till you're not in that space.
1: I think that's part of it i think the other part is that you know when i moved out of appalachia i got looked at a little bit differently people would hear me talk and the first thing they thought was that i was ignorant or that i was backwards or that i was different from them but different in a bad way or or negative connotation i guess you could say you know the way that people typically perceive appalachia and so Me getting made fun of or me being talked about just because of the way I talk kind of made me think a little bit, made me think differently about where I was from and where I was headed and where I lived at that current time. And I don't know, maybe that just gave me a strong, stronger understanding of identity or that sense of place again.
0: That's really also one of the things that led to to this podcast as well. Um, and if you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear me tell the story of I played college football literally two and a half hours from here. Every day, I got made fun of because of the way I talk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just to you
1: know, does that make me? any different than the next guy absolutely not we don't want to have this podcast as a contradiction to to the negativity that people have of appalachia It's really a positive podcast you know we just want to highlight the positivity in the region we talk about the challenges we talk about challenges a lot you know and we talk about all the time about being proud of where you're from no matter where where you are always being appalachian
2: is that a hard kind of balance to strike sometimes to to want to talk about these negative stereotypes, but at the same time not devolve into a, a gripe fest or a negative show?
1: I got interviewed not too long ago uh, on a podcast about our podcast. And the first thing she asked me was about the challenges of Appalachia. I kind of... Flipped it on her a little bit, and I asked her, we have two questions that we ask all our guests. Where do you call home is one, and the other one is what do you think of when we say the word Appalachia? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I asked her. And uh, if people are being honest, and some people on the episodes are, you know, they the first thing that comes to mind is poor, being poor, being impoverished. Most people say mountains. Some people that are from here say home, which makes sense to us. So yeah, I think in our first episode, some of it may even come across as negative, but we're not trying to be negative. We just want to help people understand how we think and how we perceive the region. We also want to understand how they perceive the region from an honest opinion. And just so that we can you know, have that conversation and, and share our challenges or our differences, but also share our similarities. Mm-hmm. Our goal, and you'll hear us talk about it all the time, is to <clears throat>
0: gas up Appalachia. It's easy to fall into those, uh, you know, get too worked up over the negative uh, outside world's views.
1: So we try to stay focused on gassing up uh, individuals throughout Appalachia. I think the negative stereotype is, a, it is kind of... A lazy argument anymore. I think we've had that argument for a long time. I think there are a lot more challenges for the region other than just uh, having that stereotype.
2: What do you want people to know or understand about Appalachia when they're in the region, versus people who might be listening from Michigan or Iowa or somewhere else?
1: I think we're honest. We've heard time and time again from guests that. Our podcast is pretty genuine because we don't know any other way. (laughs) I said it before, but we really want both people from inside the region and outside the region to understand that we're not all that different. So we don't want to stereotype people outside the region, just like we don't want people outside the region to stereotype us. I want the people outside the region to long to come to the region. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too.
2: <laughs> what are the ideas of Appalachian culture or Appalachian identity that that y'all really hope kind of ring through in, in the work that you do on Appalachian eats World?
1: I think for us, we have had several themes on our episodes, and they've always revolved around food around family, uh, around music, around heritage. As far as that Appalachian culture, uh, I, I think that's what it is for us. It's that sense of family, community, that family value that we have, like long history or heritage that we have with the region. You know, you can live in Appalachia your whole life or you can have been here for a week and still consider yourself Appalachian. <laughs> Just that sense of
0: community, you know, is a, a, a really, would like for people to take that away cuz you know it's just not something that you can get in in other areas just outside of this
1: region it's just not the same we call it a little magic in the mountains there's something about the mountains that just draw us back or or make us feel comfortable or we really stole we really stole that from you know our love for
0: the University of Kentucky and the, the blue dust that's everywhere. So there's a little something magical
2: in that. For you personally, what's the most satisfying or gratifying aspect of of doing this show with your brother? Of
0: course, an opportunity to talk to him like we originally uh, sat down to to accomplish. Because that you know we lived together for a long time and and uh, our adulthood has kind of pulled us apart geographically and in other ways as well. But it's been a great chance for us to reconnect on on a deeper level, of course. But I guess just, you know, honestly, I'm learning every episode with the people and guests that we have on. I'm learning as much about Appalachia as... uh, more than I knew before so the place that I've always called home and I've always felt was great just keeps getting greater and greater in my opinion because of the wonderful people uh, that exist in uh, central Appalachia um, and in other places that we've kind of tied into even you know we wanted to tell that story of the great things going on but honestly if I'm honest I didn't know about all of them either Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been satisfying and gratifying, whatever, to learn of all the many, many wonderful things that go on inside Appalachia and kind of get my mind away from some of those bad things that exist as well.
2: Has that changed? Has doing the podcast changed the way that you think about home?
0: Yeah, it's made me appreciate it even more. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, I was I was kidding, of course, but it took me. It just takes me a couple vacation days to realize that I want to go back home, and it took Will having to live in other places. You know, I was serious in the, in the fact that I love Appalachia, and I can't imagine living anywhere else in the world. There's lots of great people inside this region that uh, I would put up against anyone in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Will, what about you? What's the, what's the most kind of personally satisfying thing for you about, about producing the show?
1: to the first point that Neil had we've always been close brothers but we became very disconnected over the last several years when we started having kids and that that's been very satisfying for me just highlighting all those stories through the, those people's stories throughout Appalachian and giving them giving them a chance to tell their stories on our platform has been very satisfying and gratifying for me and appreciative that they would even want to be on our podcast, but there are so many diverse stories throughout the region and just allowing our listeners and anyone that that wants to take a listen. I I think it's important for the region, but also important for those people to give them an opportunity to tell their stories. I, I love our two questions. Like I said before, the one about home and the one about Appalachia, just to hear the different perspectives that people have when they talk about home. Even the people that we ask outside the region, they talk about home and they have some, some similar experiences to their home. I think it's just a little different when people from Appalachia talk about home.
2: You, you mentioned the importance of giving people the opportunity to tell their story their way. Why do you think that's valuable to people?
1: I think Appalachia I mean, as we all know, is a marginalized region, but there are also other marginalized people within our marginalized region. And just giving them their own voice or allowing them to tell their stories is important for them as individuals to give them a platform. But it's also important for others to hear their stories, to hear about the like Neil said, we're educated every week as well to let others outside the region to understand a little bit more about the people of the region, about the region in and of itself. I think about uh,
0: Elaine McMillan Sheldon that we had on that's produced Netflix greats, Heroin Recovery Boys. And one of the questions we asked her is, what do you what do you want other people? other young small children to learn from from what you accomplished and she said uh, basically that they can make films right now if they want to with the advances advancements in technology you know things were difficult for her to do it but anybody in the world and especially in the Appalachian region can make anything they want at this point because they have the tools to do so so you know people like her having the opportunity to come on and and tell about their experiences and how she became a, a film producer, hopefully gives some young 10, 11 year old boy or girl that wants to produce movies on uh, YouTube, that they can take that and turn it into to something
1: great, no matter where they live in the world. Exactly, just because we're from Appalachia doesn't mean that we're any less, it doesn't mean that we can't do anything.
2: Are there concrete things that you hope people do as a result of listening to the show,
1: I hope that they just become a doer.
0: That they, you know, don't hesitate on accomplishing anything that they they want to accomplish in life because of the stigma associated with being inside of this region by others outside the region. You know, I hope they they understand and they realize that that they can do uh, anything they want no matter where they're from we talk about doers on here all the time in the entrepreneur world having great ideas is one thing but actually uh, pursuing those great ideas and putting them into action takes a doer what we refer to as a doer and that's
1: really what i want people to understand from listening to to our episodes i love neil's term doer he talks about doers all the time we have doers on this show all the time and and uh, you know we also want to people from the region to appreciate that they're Appalachian and not be hesitant of being Appalachian, being proud of being Appalachian, no matter where we are, be proud of our accent. Don't hide your accent. We talk about code switching on here too. We don't need to hide our accents. We know we don't want people to think that they're any less because they have an accent. You know, we want people to when they listen to our episodes to take from it to, to be proud. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of where you're from, and wherever you are, always represent that, you know, you're always Appalachian and represent that in, in every way.
2: So if you were going to recommend one episode of Appalachian Meets World to an audience that had never heard of you, which episode would you recommend and why? I'm a
0: sports guy. I think about the sports episodes that we've had on with a small town high school football coach that you know, is one of our first episodes and just the love and the passion that he has for his community and, and his and his team and his players that just resonates through all, throughout all of Appalachia but I, I liked the episode we had on of a, a guy that I grew up with
1: that's now the head uh, basketball coach at, at South Alabama and
0: you know just getting an opportunity to show the world that you know a small town kid from London Kentucky can can make it on the national stage in coaching. You know, the episode I mentioned about Elaine McMillan-Sheldon, the work that she's done in in the region is just incredible and, and something that I really didn't know anything about, honestly, before we had her on. The music episodes are Will's forte, but I'm a sponge on all those episodes, but it's been really cool to learn. Uh, some of that stuff that I should have known already, honestly. I'm really not doing a good job of narrowing it down.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm hoping that we'll... Uh, remembers some of those
2: episodes and chimes in with...
1: uh, I I had someone reach out to me the other day to comment on the opioid. It's not my favorite, but the the opioid episode that we had. She has a very personal uh, experience, family experience with the opioid crisis, but that episode made her think about it in a different way. And I thought that was one of the best comments that we could have had for our podcast. I mean, that's kind of, you know, why we have the content to make you think more constructively towards uh, the topic. Like I said, it wasn't my favorite episode, but it was her favorite just because she had that own personal experience. There are several that, that I have. I, I like the family episode just because of our family was on it at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about sense of place, sense of family all the time. And that just made sense for us. I also liked the one with Dr. Bill Turner. He just came out with a recent book, The Harlan Renaissance. I liked his particular episode, one, because of the scholar that he is, but two, because he's from where we're from. I mean, we're from Pineville, Kentucky. He grew up in Lynch, Kentucky, which is just across the bridge. And everything that he talked about in there was so relatable to us, but so different because he's talking about the black history of Lynch. And here we are, a couple of white kids that grew up in Pavel that didn't even really know about the history that he was talking about in Lynch, about the cosmopolitan place that Lynch used to be. We understood his sentiment and all that he was talking about, all the places that he was talking about, but we didn't understand that history and just him educating us on that. And he was so down to earth and, you know, we became pretty good friends after the episode. And. I I appreciated that episode a lot. I think Neil liked it too. I mean, there are so many I could I could touch on, but those are a couple, I guess.
2: Okay. Hey, well, thank you guys so much.
1: Just celebrating today, celebrating the one year commitment that we made to Appalachia Meets World. We built a little community uh, of listeners. We hope to build even more going forward. Like we said, we have a lot planned. Hopefully we can get all that worked out over the next, the next year and beyond. Yes, sir. Because this is a celebration episode, we're going to keep it short, but I guess we can end it now like we usually do. Till next time.
0: Peace.
2: I'm up in the mountains again. I'm getting lighter. The air's getting thin. Now I'm facing down with a grin. I've been in the city too long. Sidewalks and buildings and singing sad songs. Now I'm back up where I belong. And in the mountains.